Hello and welcome back to another video on the Calm Right YouTube channel. Today I'm back with Glenn Schroeder for the 12th man as we review the game against Livingston and the game against Runovic as well. And also we preview Aberdeen against Hibs, which I'm not looking forward to. I won't waste any more of your time. Let's get into things. Okay, well, thanks again for tuning in to this uh, special edition in association with the 12th man contributing for their website. Um, thanks again for the positive feedback and comments that we've had um, since last week uh, relating to the video and hopefully we can take this forward in future weeks making it a bit more positive and hopefully other people outside of just our mothers comment and give us the feedback. Oh yeah, mine was saying I wasn't confident enough and I need to tidy the background which I've not done yet. So Well, at least well. we've learned. <laughs> yeah. So we come into this weekend uh, on the back of two victories through the week. Uh, starting last Sunday against Livingston, Aberdeen coming out 2-1 victors. Callum, what was your initial thoughts after the game? Uh, again, it was very, very cagey for the most part, but when we actually played 10 minutes of actual football at the start of the second half, we won the game, so it was fine. But um, yeah, decent again to just get minutes in the legs and start building a run, hopefully which might, you know, go wrong on yeah. Sunday, but we'll see what happens. But no, thought when we actually played football, looked very good. And yeah, happy with it. Got the three points. That's the most important thing, really. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the Thursday night game against St. Johnson, a 45 minutes to forget in the first half. But like you said, we got the ball down at the start of the second half and caused, caused Livingston some problems. Funny that what happens when you start attacking teams running at them. Oh, God, no. So, you know, we've, we've, we've got the win and we move on to a challenging game on Sunday uh, against Hibs, which we will come to. But let's try and um, pick the bones out of last weekend's victory. Um, Lewis Ferguson got pushed forward uh, into a more attacking role, won the penalty. Is that something we, we could hopefully look forward to going forward, a bit more attacking role for Lewis Ferguson? Well, I definitely think of like all the centre midfielders. He's definitely the most forward-thinking, sort of progressive. You can get the ball down and run at them, kind of centre midfielder. Obviously, he's not quite a sort of ten like maybe Scott Wright, but mm -hmm. he likes to break forward from midfield and join in with the attacks. And so, yeah, won the penalty and stuck it away very nicely. A very good finish. And one player you mentioned there, Scott Wright, obviously got the winning goal at what proved to be. Uh, took the goal very well after. Some may say a deliberate pass from Ryan Hedges. Some may say a scalaf touch, but certainly a goal that will do him the world of good. What was your thoughts on his performance? Definitely, obviously, most wingers, number ten players, are are confidence players, and and he seems to it seems to be flowing after not playing for so long. He just like loves getting the ball down, being direct, and when he's playing with confidence, you know, going past men. And as I said, it was a great finish. Um, can only be a good thing. And I think if he keeps it up, keeps the confidence flowing, could be a very good season. Peter Pollitt, 2013-14-esque, because that's sort of what he was, a huge confidence player, and he loved being direct and just getting at the back four and running at the defence. So if he could, you know, emulate that, that would be marvellous, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, early days yet. I noticed on Twitter, Neil Ross was um, posting the same thing about similarities to Peter Pollitt, and obviously we know the impact he had, so it would be good if he could replicate that sort of form. But like you say, it's, it's good to see his confidence high, obviously. He was very unlucky with a, a serious injury at the back end of last season, so it's good to see him hitting the ground running and, and making an impact into the, into the side. Um, we've obviously spoke about Lewis Ferguson and, and his impact. Ross McCrory, again, seems to have been a really astute signing and another 90 minutes where he was 
playing in a, a, a lot of positions. What was your thoughts yeah. on his performance? Definitely. Well, astute was actually the word I was thinking of. He just seems so assured no matter where you put him in, whether it's right back, the right and centre backs, inside half himself or even in midfield. He just seems very, very assured in what he's doing. Looks very smart piece of business and only going to get better. He's just mm-hmm. solid. So probably the type of player will give you a 7, 8 out of 10 every week, no matter what. Yeah. Which, you know, we can do with someone who will give us a bit of a lift. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we didn't keep the clean sheet um, this weekend. It was a bit disappointing. Um, it was a really poor goal to lose, in my opinion. Uh, Kennedy should have probably done better seeing the ball out. And obviously, some may say Taylor could have defended the ball a bit better. But I think you've got to start at the first stage is where you want to look at. But um, at the other end of the pitch where we're wanting to get goals, Marley Watkins made his debut. Um, I thought it was a very sound debut. Unlucky not to score. Two excellent saves from McCrory. Um, Watkins maybe feels he should have scored one of the two opportunities. What did you make of his uh, overall performance? He looks very, very complete in a sense that as like a striker, he kind of offers it all. He's willing to run the channels, good with the ball at his feet, good hold-up play, willing to run in behind. He was very complete. And I think had he scored even one of those chances, then it might have been him getting the man of the match performance. Because yeah. he did look very good and it carried on on a Thursday. We'll get on to that, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he looks, he looks a good bit of business, to be honest. And his link-up play especially seems very good. Movement is quality. Happy, pretty happy. Yeah, I think, you know, it's probably fair to say it was a bit of an underwhelming signing when it was announced amongst Aberdeen support. I think that's fair to say. But I think his performance level and, like you said, his completeness holding up, his certainly his hold-up play was very impressive. And he linked the ball well to right hedges and the other forward-minded players. So there's definitely something there that we can work on going forward. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I was very impressed. You mentioned Thursday night. We will um, touch on that briefly. 6-0 win against NSI Runovic. Is there much to be encouraged about given the level of opposition? Um, No, (laughs) not really. But I think the fact that they carried on, like they didn't just sit on two or three goals. They then pushed on for more. That is actually positive because you can see the confidence really flowing and that'll be great going into Sunday, obviously, to get a few goals um, yeah, and confidence flowing, but the fact they didn't just sit on it, and because it would have been typical of us to somehow sit on a two or three goal and concede and lose a clean sheet, it would have been how many times have we seen that? Yeah, but kept going, kept pushing for it, and I think that's a positive sign. That's probably the only real thing we can take from that. They seem mm-hmm. to be a bit more willing to uh, push on, really. Yeah, and I think, well, do you maybe think that's to do with Constein's comments and co commentary on Sunday about taking the foot off the gas? That's definitely possible. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think he has a huge influence on everything that goes on in the club. But uh, I somehow doubt that. But you never know. He could have possibly uh, said that because obviously he'll get to see the game from a different angle than from everyone else being Mm -hmm. up in the commentary box uh, with the big Dave. So, um, no, yeah. They were more entertaining than Dave's commentary. (laughs) True. And he was absolutely fuming that we weren't getting the ball down the left-hand side enough against Livy as well, which was... Uh, yeah, also true. So obviously, Constantine knows his stuff. So yeah, just listen. No, in it was like you say, it was good to see us, you know, continue Ryan Hedges' forty-five minutes hat trick. Curtis Ming getting forty-five minutes un- under his belt, getting a goal as well. The one player that I think not many people have mentioned was Dylan McGee. Played, I think he was the ninety minutes, but 
controlled the midfield excellently. Okay, one mistake towards the end of the first half that McCrory sweeped up excellently. But a player that, you know, could maybe be a bit of an enforcer, obviously Ojo was suspended on Thursday night. So, you know, it's good to get those sort of players, get them minutes in the legs. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was, I was quite excited about the McGeoch signing when it happened. Obviously, he's been a bit underwhelmed, you know, and I think struggled with, like, some niggly injuries. But, yeah, he did look very, again, very assured is the word I'm going to use. Just kept things ticking over, recycles the ball very well. If you can do that against better opposition and carry on and build on that, I think that would annoy Hibs fans especially, then that would be very happy mm-hmm. about that. And I suppose we should say, long live the hairband. Oh, yes, get it on, get it on. <laughs> Maybe at the end. So we've already spoken about uh, annoying Hibs fans, so that takes us nicely to this weekend's uh, fixture against Hibs. We seem to beat them in the transfer market, obviously Ojo, McGee and McCrory in recent times, all been prominent targets for Hibs. How do you see the game on on Sunday going, Callum? It'll be a lot um, closer than Thursday and Obviously, it's been cagey affairs previously against St. Johnston and Livingston, but I think that'll be, this will be cagey for a different reason. In fact, oh, well, I'm just not confident, basically. So I think oh, Hibs obviously offer us way more of a competitive game instead of trying to sit in and just defend what they have and try to hold on to something. They'll come at us and they'll probably test the defence a bit more. So we'll see how that goes. And who knows who could be in defence? Got about 900 centre-halves, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's certainly I'm I'm disappointed for many reasons. Obviously, with COVID ruining us not being able to attend a, a day out to the capital is always one of the the better away days. And don't get started on Middleton's. I I'm so glad I'm missing Middleton's. <laughs> Middleton's, and while I also am a big fan of the the pizza and chips at Easter Road as well, that's always a oh, good very true. a good shout. Um, so you've, you've mentioned there about Hibs attacking threats. One of their main attacking threats so far this season has come from Martin Boyle. Obviously, Christian Deutsch, um in attack as well. Do you think Boyle will be their main threat on Sunday? And how do we go about stopping that? I think he'll be the main threat the majority of the season. He just he looks like absolutely on fire, to be honest. In fact, he's chosen to play for Australia because we didn't go look near him. And that's a bit annoying. But Dykes has chosen to be for us, so that's something. Every cloud. But... Um, yeah, I, I, in some senses, I'd rather see Considine at left-back just because defensively, I think he can handle... Well, he's just better defending at defending than Hayes. But then the pace aspect comes into it, and he would just... Boyle would just burn Considine every single time. So I think I would rather see Hayes in at left-back for the pace aspect and the fact he'll, he'd just work his absolute socks off as he does, even, you know, to no avail, maybe. But so would, you, um, would you see that as like a wing-back roll-back three with Hayes at wing-back? Uh, yeah, I think possibly that might be how we will go. Um, Hayes at wing-back, I suppose, might be the best plan. to call. But then I don't know whether you'll maybe get caught up to up the park too high and we'll get caught on the counter-attack, but Boyle's pace could be uh, a bit of an issue. Yeah, I mean, I think the Hibs counter-attack's always something you've got to watch for, home and away. They were, they're quite devastating on the counter-attack. And I suppose something you touched on there was a question we did ask um, on Twitter, folk to submit their questions to us, and we're going to try and answer as many of them through the podcast. But one of those questions from John Bleasdale was, Constantine's suspension is over in the league. Would you start him? And if so, for who? Obviously, Shea Logan and Ash Taylor weren't in the squad on Thursday night. Don't know if there's injury concerns or if they were just being rested. So, 
you've touched on it already. So would you say you wouldn't start Considine? I don't know. I wouldn't, probably wouldn't start him at fullback, but then it does beg the question, would we move him into centre-half? Because mm-hmm. I think, genuinely, he is probably our best defender, our most consistent, certainly, anyway. Um, For a long period of time, I think McCrory might, might maybe catch him up. Just yeah, definitely. Yeah. The performance. And Hoban as well, obviously, is pretty Rolls-Royce, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But I think, weirdly, we have a lot of centre-back options, and that's not something we've had for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Considine in just because I love him, but I don't know whether we'll maybe go with two left-footed centre-backs, him and McKenna possibly. Might look to get Hoban back in instead, though. So, honestly, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be an interesting defence on, on Sunday. Hoban is probably up there as one of our better defenders. McCrory's looked solid at centre-half as well. And you've got McKenna. Devlin's obviously injured, but I, in my opinion, I, I rate him quite far down the pecking order. Yeah. So you've then got Constein and on the right hand side, Hernandez was out of favour on Thursday night. So will Logan then deploy as a wing back or Kennedy again? It is kind of interesting. But in recent seasons we've not had the strength and depth. So it is encouraging to be having these selection dilemmas ahead of a game of such importance. Definitely, yeah. I think it's centre half especially We've got very good options in this now, but I would say I agree that Devlin and probably Taylor are bottom of the pecking order, but that still leaves you with four potential centre-halves ahead of them. And I think... Well, I agree, right... agree on Ash Taylor. But... Do you like Ash Taylor? I am a big fan of Ash Taylor, yes. I think he's like... He can... He, he's like, you don't know what's gonna, what you're going to get from him, because it could be he's... complete bomb-scare Ash Taylor, or it could be, like, basically... He might not know how to pass a football, but he's no-nonsense and will get rid of it. He might be prone to mistake, but so are most of our back clients. That's true. Honestly, I probably would have him ahead of Devlin, to be fair. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him in ahead of Tobin, uh, Tobin? Uh, Hoban, McKenna, Considine, or probably McCrory. But, you know, it's, like I said, it's a fine problem to have. Fine problem to have, but this is a good thing about football. We're all entitled to our opinions, and it's good to have these discussion points, which makes us have these podcasts as well to, to debate them. Um, so, what do you think our game plan will be? Do you think we'll go with the back three and two wing backs, or a kind of more solid four four two formation? You know, to try and stop Hibs, because you know they'll probably want to come at us from the off. You know, try and exploit the tiredness. This will be our fourth game in ten days, so there might be some tiredness. Obviously, we we have freshened up the squad like on Thursday, and we're rotating with getting minutes under people, but. Be interesting to see how how we set out. What what's your thoughts? Definitely, right now the game's coming so thick and fast, and rotation, and actually having good options, it, it does seem hard to actually think of how we're going to line up. Because for years it was just guaranteed it was going to be four two three one. That was going to be it. But now I don't know whether you'll match them up or possibly go with the three centre halves. I think I'd possibly like to go with the three centre halves because just a solid base, and then also if we have wing back then we can break with them as well as giving us more solid defensively a bit more option because I have an extra man in there but with I don't know whether you maybe go with Kennedy again at right wing back mm-hmm. so I don't know Ronald Hernandez I don't know what's going on he just seems to drop in and out of the team so much and Logan again we don't know why he was out of the team really because they mm-hmm. did a big interview with him to start with on Red TV before the game and then he just wasn't in the squad at all Yeah, so I don't you know 
It's a bit, bit, maybe he's focusing on his plumbing. I don't know. You never know. Who knows? Good plug for his business there. Again, exactly. excuse the pun. Your favourite. Like <laughs> So we've discussed our centre-back pairings, which was a question that Daniel Drain asked us, who would be our favourite centre-backs. But I don't think we're really agreeing here, Daniel. So we'll leave that one open to further debate. <laughs> Um, we were asked by Daniel and we're also asked by Callum. Um, Callum asked who our favoured or probably our strongest midfield would be once everyone's fit. And, and Daniel um, touched on with the recent performances of Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges, who would be our preferred wingers. And I think going into Sunday's game, on the back of Thursday night's performance, because I thought Scott Wright deservedly got man of the match. Ryan, obviously, Ryan Hedges will obviously feel aggrieved after a 45-minute hat-trick not to get it, but I don't think you can ignore those performances and, and bench either of them. So it'll be interesting to see how we line up that midfield. I think it will be impossible to bench those two, especially. Um, in terms of centre midfielders, Ferguson's got to be in there. Yeah, and I'd say the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, he has been basically since he came in. To be fair, yeah. um, I'd say Ferguson, and I'd like to see McGeoch. If we can get a player out of him and get him performing every week, recycling the ball well, just I'd love nothing more to be honest. But I like Wright in the ten. I prefer him in the ten rather than off the wing, because mm-hmm. then it gives him a chance to really run at the fence, and he can sort of roam essentially. Uh, run the channels as well. I like him as the ten, being direct in behind the striker. Um, but so John McGinn Hedges, on the other wing then. Poss- mm, I don't know. Niall McGinn. He's obviously still got the technical ability, no question about that. But physically, he's so slow One now. What you could do, I suppose, is if you did start both McGinn and Wright, you could alternate them between the number ten and and the wing. And I suppose you've then got that option. I noticed at times on Thursday night we swapped Hayes and Kennedy onto different onto different wings. So it just and that'll keep the defense defense thinking. Obviously, if we're playing um, Scott Wright in a number ten role, then you're only going to be playing one up top. Curtis Main only got forty five minutes on mm. on Thursday. Marley Watkins a bit longer. So yeah. again, it'll be interesting up top where. If we just go with the one or we go with two of them again, so uh, lots of decisions. But it's nice to be able to have these dilemmas because most of these players are fit and it's not, well, he's starting because someone's injured. True. Well, I think, yeah, I'd say Hedges definitely has to be in there. I think that's a good shout between McGinn and Wright rotating between those two. But that, if I more think about it, I would probably like, yeah, McGinn, Wright, Hedges starting behind Watkins because the sort of movement between those slot you can, mm-hmm. can keep defenders guessing it's and the willingness from Watkins as well to run the channels he can rotate as well and I yeah, think I definitely good, yeah. and I think as well like up against the likes of Hanlon and Porteous Watkins is a big physical presence as well and he and he looks so far to be able to handle himself and hold the ball up well which allows the link-up play from the players that, that you've just mentioned as well Definitely, and I think their movement. Sorry, I think their their movement could potentially catch them out as well. The rotation between the four. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm really hoping this game isn't affected by you know the skies. Skies picks so far have been terrible, and um, this game has all the makings for being a both teams to score with the attacking mindedness of both teams. But one thing I do worry from an Aberdeen perspective is 
a little bit of tiredness from the European game on the Thursday night. Obviously, Hibs have had a, a whole week to prepare for the game. And we're obviously, like we've touched on, this will be our fourth game in 10 days. So do you think we might suffer or do you think we've done enough in recent games with, you know, resting players and rotating to get minutes in the belt? I think the rotation has been very good, actually, because, like I said earlier, it's hard to know what team we're going to put out because the rotation has been so good. And I think also the momentum we've built from three wins in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know when the last time we could probably say that. Um, I think that could be good for, obviously, the legs will be feeling it, but mentally they're in a good place with three games on the bounce. Obviously, just coming off the back of a 6-0 win, a lot of players playing with confidence. So that kind of thing might just go out the window, especially now they've got a rest after the game against Tibbs with an international break. Yeah. So I think possibly, I think the rotation's been very, very good, so the rest could be there enough um, and the confidence will just be flowing completely off the back yeah. of three wins. So mentally, it might be in a better position. And I think, speaking about confidence, we're going into the game confident, but on the other hand, Hibs will also be going into the, the game confident, still tied at the top of the league. Um going into this round of weekend fixtures obviously by the time they play they may or may not be top joint top given other results um on saturday but you know hibs have have played from what we've seen in highlights the motherwell game and the St. johnson game weren't overly you know mm. amazing from a hibs fans point of view i would suspect but you know hibs are playing with a lot of confidence you know josh and uh, uh, the young defender he's been a, an outstanding player for them so far. Uh, Kevin Nismith, I know he's got a bit of an injury niggle, so whether or not he's going to be fit, he's come in and scored. He's made that mm. step up. Doidge as well. And their midfield, we've touched on on them with Boyle, but they've also shored up the, the midfield with Gogic and uh, Newell. Seemed to give them a bit more fight in that midfield, which I think Hibs were lacking in previous seasons. So it's going to be a really close game as well in terms of matchups, but what what do you make of the impact that Jack Ross has brought to this Hibs side? They look totally different. They attacking going forward, they're like very, very dangerous. They can break on you like I don't like any other team possibly in the league. Boyle is just ruthless. And defensively, they look a lot more assured as well. As you said, uh, the Josh Doy guy, he looks very impressive. I think he's, what, 18? I think he's ex-Hearts Academy. So that's another player they've picked up uh, after being released by them. And, yeah, he looks very, very assured. At such a young age, to be both so good defensively and going forward as well is very, very impressive. I think Jack Ross had a really good impact, and he's got hips up there because they were sort of top six, but never really pushing for Europe, whereas now they can't really be pushing. They're pushing us for third. Well, right now, as you said, could be joint top. Well, they are joint top, but they could, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think definitely, definitely he's made a huge, huge impact and he will probably keep them up there consistently Mm -hmm. if he stays around and if he can. uh, The board back him, obviously, and uh, they actually sign their targets, unlike Ross McCrory. Just had to get that in there. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sure the Hibs fans listening, if they're still listening by this point, will love that little thing. But, you know, Jack Ross was a name that was touted when, you know, kind of points last season when we weren't doing great and and times before, Jack Ross was a name that was linked with the Aberdeen job purely just on on social media through no, no fundamental. But, you know, his impact at Hibs just shows what he is actually capable of. And, you know, the Sunderland job is... Such a poison, poison. Yeah. 
Exactly the words I was saying. Like but, you know, oh, yeah. It just shows that the difference between managing in Scottish football and English football is, is actually, there is a difference and he is coping well in Scotland and, you know, could do a job for Aberdeen in the future. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. I think like it'd be very hard to away from Hibs. So yeah, I think it'd be hard to poach him now at this stage from Hibs, that type of thing. Because obviously we thought about, I've thought about Robinson as well. And I don't know why I was speaking about this. I mean, well, I do know why I was speaking about this. Obviously, but I don't think, don't think it's, I think it's very unlikely that McKess will go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but Rob, Robinson and Ross, the two managers from the SPFL, especially that I would like if McKinnis does go at any point mm-hmm. to come and succeed. He's as I said, poison chalice at Sunderland. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think anyone could go there. And I think between the pressure, some of the people who are running it, very questionable. I don't know if you've watched the Sunderland Till I Die oh, documentary. What a great viewing that was. <laughs> Not if you're a Sunderland fan, apologies to them. Yeah. Well, I, I follow Newcastle in England because of family. So that was even more uh, enjoyable. But... Um, well, it no, I think well, he did well in St Mirren. He's proven, uh, proven in Scotland, and he's gone again on a Hibs job. Obviously, it's bigger than St Mirren. St Mirren fans won't appreciate that, but mm-hmm. it's true. And he's gone on; he can do it at that level as well. So, um, if anything does ever go wrong, I would quite like Jack Ross. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, we're not saying right now we want McInnes out, but no, you know, maybe ever to me full time on Sunday, and I might change my mind. But yeah. you know, we're just we we just kind of want to you know, engage the impact that Jack has made at Hibs. And obviously, if there's any Hibs fans tuning in, we're giving you your, your bit of contribution as well. Now, just one thing on the on the game as well, going back to the questions that we've asked, Grant Campbell asked, if we lose on Sunday, are Aberdeen out of the race for the top three? Basically, can we still finish third if we lose on Sunday? I think it's very, very early to rule us out of that. But at the same time, going off the teams we'll have lost against, Rangers and Hibs, that's teams we're directly competing with. Yeah. Obviously, because we'll get the chance to play them probably another three times, um, you would like to think anyway, there's obviously a chance to correct that, but it wouldn't be looking good. But I think it'll be too early to rule it out totally. Yeah, and I think I think with obviously one of our games in hand being against Hamilton, I'd like to think that would be three points. The Celtic game... Don't know. They've been blowing hot and cold, so it depends when that's kind of fitted back in. But you know, you've got to kind of think. We've still got points in hand to gain on him, so I'd, I would agree. I too early to to rule us out and make any sort of prediction on on that front of teams not being able to to catch other teams. We're we're only a handful of games into the season. Yeah, I would um, say so. Yeah, so, but. Oh, I was saying, because you mentioned Celtic there, do you think the pressure of Ted's maybe getting them to get into them a bit? Because it does seem to be very... They seem to be off the boil a lot. I also think it's the the pressure of certain players, you know, wanting to be there or not wanting to be there as Mm. as has come out in, in recent days. But that that pressure, again, it was I've heard it in previous podcasts that and, you know, was, I mentioned it in the podcast I was on with uh, Jamie Beatson for We Are Perth. Mm. Us and Celtic have been disadvantaged through no fault of our own. It was our, the players' negligence that led us to having games postponed. So we're now playing catch-up. And I think that, on Aberdeen's point of view, adds pressure because, as fans, me and you expect us to be up there, expect us mm. to be competing. So 
And it's the same for Celtic. Their fans expect them to go on and win 10 in a row. And they've got the pressure of knowing that they're chasing Rangers already being uh, games behind. So, yeah, I think we'll see that, that throughout the season. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Sorry, carry on. As I say, are you wanting to put a prediction on the game on Sunday? Oh, I know whatever I say, I'll regret it. I'd like to think we can sneak a win. I would say sneak a win. Um, I don't like we'll keep a clean sheet because, as we've mentioned, the hips are just frightening going forward. Uh, 2-1 Aberdeen. 2-1 Aberdeen. Conte died to score. There we go. Well, I will, I'm going to say 1-1 just because I think it will be a cagey game. Obviously, I hope we do win, but I just think we just match each other off too well. But, you know, if we do win, I'd love it to be Ross McCroy to get the winner. Just oh, that because would be the seeds from the Hibs fans would be... Great. That would be worth it. That would be hilarious. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, and if yeah, you're all Hibs fans listening, will certainly let us know their feelings if this doesn't go as we hoped on Sunday. Yeah, I do regret saying we were going to win now. <laughs> I won't lie. Um, but, ah, well, you know, game's the game. Well, that's been another review and preview of the Aberdeen fixtures from this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to us and hope we've done a better job than week one. We can only go one way and hopefully that's up. We'll be back next week or the week after, probably with the international break, to go over the Hibs game and look forward to our home game against Kilmarnock. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Now, there we have it. Thank you very, very much for watching. If you have enjoyed, please do hit that like button and comment down below with any of your thoughts on the topics we covered, even if you think we're talking absolute rubbish. I'll leave Glenn's link in the description, as well as all of that of the 12th man. Thank you very much for watching and take care.